It's 18 minutes uh, before 9 p.m. We're under the microscope this evening and uh, we uh, uh, reflect on World AIDS Day today, the 1st of December, World AIDS Day. And uh, uh, this year's theme is global sol solidarity and shared responsibility. And uh, COVID-19, of course, once again, showing us during this moment uh, the linkages between uh, inequality, human rights, gender equality, social protection uh, and uh, economic growth and how all of those are influenced and at times overdetermined by the uh, public health profile that we have. And uh, South Africa, uh, with the world's largest treatment program for HIV and AIDS, uh, certainly being uh, one of the uh, nations where uh, that has been a dominant and predominant uh, public health matter. So this evening, we try and make sense of some of the cutting-edge research uh, looking into a vaccine uh, for HIV AIDS. And uh, I'm joined by Professor Linda Gale Becker, Deputy Director at the Desmond Tutu HIV Centre at UCT. Prof, good evening to you and welcome. Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here. So, so Prof, I mean, just for, for lay people like me, and, uh, you know, as I was uh, preparing for this conversation, I was taking a look at uh, the Imbogoto study and um, uh, maybe talk us through, I guess, what goes into a vaccine, a vaccine program. Uh, and in many cases, uh, this becoming multi-year projects that uh, you undertake, bringing teams uh, from all over the world, bringing immunogens from all over the world. What goes into uh, the process of trying to discover and uncover a vaccine? It's a long and complex road. Um, I think the COVID experience has really been the outlier in this regard. Um, HIV is more typical. Uh, you start a long time ago where somebody designs an immunogen um, based on, uh, you know, on, on, on good uh, biological principles. It then has to go into animals, check whether it creates some reactogenicity of the immune system. From there, it goes into phase one studies, which make sure that it's safe in humans. From there, safe phase twos to make sure that it is indeed immunogenic. And then eventually, one gets to the phase, as we are now with Umbokodo, where we can do a phase three or an efficacy trial to say, does this immunogen, this vaccine, actually do what it was hoped it would do, prevent HIV? And that mm. requires large numbers of people and therefore lots of money in order to run those clinical trials uh, in mm. order to show that. Yeah, yeah. And, and let's talk about Imbogoto and even, I guess, uh, what you're calling here, it's cousin trial, Mosaico. Uh, what are these trials? What, what are, you've already started to touch, I guess, on what it is that you're trying to prove here. Uh, but uh, for many of the people who are listening into the show, uh, who have certainly heard for decades or more about these processes. Uh, what is it about these two processes that at least get us closer, in your estimation, to, to us finding a vaccine here? So what it means is that we have a regimen now, a vaccine regimen. It's a prime with the boost, a couple of boosts, actually. Um, so what we call a regimen of, of vaccine um, possibilities that may in fact prevent HIV. If administered to an individual prior to their exposure, it will create an immune response such that if that individual then becomes exposed to HIV under whatever circumstances, that individual would not contract HIV. So truly what, you know, what anybody who's gone and had a measles vaccine 
or chickenpox vaccine would expect the vaccine to do for them. That's what we're hoping HIV would, this HIV vaccine will do in the future. So this trial is investigating whether that actually will happen. So we take a large number of individuals who must be volunteers. They must do it entirely voluntarily. They must do it with full informed consent. And they get randomized either to receive the vaccine or to receive a a sham product. Uh, And nobody knows, neither the researchers nor the individuals themselves know which assignment they're in. They then go about their lives with lots of counseling, with condoms, with all the usual risk reduction um, information uh, that we would normally give South Africans under these circumstances. And then after a period of follow-up, we uh, bring them back regularly for HIV testing. And after a period of follow-up, when the study ends, we look and see how many people got infected in the vaccine arm versus the placebo arm. And that gives us a measure of vaccine efficacy. Now, you allude to the fact that, you know, we're into the 40th year of this epidemic and we haven't yet found a vaccine, even though we've been looking for 30 of those 40 years. Uh, And it's a difficult virus to, you know, get a vaccine for. It's, It's complicated. And so it's eluded us to date. But this particular regimen looks very promising. Uh, We have the women's study is fully accrued and in follow-up, and the men's study is busy accruing at the moment. So, you know, we we have hope. Um, We always have to have hope that it might work. But at the end of the day, the science will tell us uh, whether we're onto the right thing or not. Mm-hmm. Prof, I want us to, to, to pause on that score and uh, we'll certainly come back to uh, some of those themes and uh, I guess uh, what it means in a broader sense uh, for our response here and uh, coming as it does at this point uh, with uh, a parallel inquiries looking into finding a vaccine for SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 as we call it and uh, we'll certainly come back to that on the other side of the spot break. It is before 9 p.m. You tuned in to a Metro FM talk, and uh, we are under the microscope this evening. It is World AIDS Day, uh, the 1st of December, and uh, we are in conversation with Professor Linda Gail Becker, Deputy Director at the Desmond Dutu HIV Center at UCT. And, Doc, before we went to the break, I guess you are unpacking for us uh, some of the key uh, uh, lines of inquiry that the Imbogoto trial and uh, its cousin trial, Mazeko, are looking at. Uh, and uh, I was saying that, I guess, um, you know. Uh, this year's uh, International AIDS Day comes at a time where the search is on also for a global vaccine to COVID-19. And I'm quite interested, I guess, in, in, in your perspective on what has happened in that pursuit that I guess has been different uh, to the decades-long pursuit of a vaccine in the case of HIV AIDS. Uh, and uh, ought we or should we to expect, I guess, uh, the same uh, time horizon in terms of uh, uh, the long wait for this vaccine while we try and live with uh, uh, that pandemic? No, in fact, it's been a very different picture for SARS-CoV-2. And um, as as the listeners will know, we only knew the the genetic makeup of the virus in January of this year. And yet, um, here we are in November with two vaccine regimens before the Federal Drug Administration for an emergency use, you know, authority on, on that approval. So that 
is truly unprecedented speed. Um, and, you know, I think it's a mixture of a few things. The first is an extraordinary amount of resources have been thrown at this uh, COVID vaccine um, project, um, particularly American money, uh, but also private pharmaceutical companies have across the world stepped forward to say, can we find a COVID vaccine um, double quick? And certainly they have done so. Um, the the second piece is is the the virus, the pathogen. It turns out that this virus has a very specific antigen known as the spike protein, which is the part that it uses to attach to the human uh, host virus, uh, human host cell. And that um, spike has turned out to be gold in terms of a vaccine. So, so far, you know, two out of four, and in fact, three out of four, if you count the Sinopharm as well, that um, all of the vaccines have turned out to be highly effective, more than 90%. And, and then we know the Chimpad uh, vaccine also in the 70s sort of range. This we could only hope for in HIV. It really is extraordinary to see what has been achieved. So I think it's a combination of biology being on the side of COVID and then also the resources and the unprecedented race uh, to find this vaccine. I think we've never seen anything like this before. Mm-hmm. Well, when you reflect, I mean, uh, just as I guess, uh, as somebody who um, has worked in this space um, as a South African, uh, uh, on our universal treatment program as a country, with where we come from um, over the last, say, two to three decades or so, um, uh, would you say that I guess uh, there has been considerable progress um, uh, beyond just, of course, the, the normal platitudes? Uh, you would certainly know, I guess, the, the internal operations and mechanisms, not just of uh, the uh, treatment program itself, but also, I guess, the, the, the world of research that feeds into some of that clinical work as well. Uh, your your reflections on that? Yeah, I think we shouldn't be dismal at all. I think, first of all, um, what has been achieved on the treatment side for HIV has been extraordinary. So I think we have something like 40 separate antiretroviral agents now. Now, if I compare that, for example, to tuberculosis, um, then HIV has really you know, been the poster child in that regard. So we have now a wide range of antiretroviral therapies, which we know in combination, if an individual takes regularly and according to prescription, that Mm. individual's longevity is restored as if they had never had HIV before. So that means we take a devastating illness that was terminal, that caused the death of many, many thousands, millions of people around the world, and many, many of them South Africans. That is now a long-term chronic illness that requires Mm. daily therapy. But, you know, we have really changed the face of HIV in that regard. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, in the last decade, we've seen unprecedented uh, progress in prevention. So we now are also able to offer people antiretroviral based prevention, which means people can individually protect themselves against HIV, not relying only 
on the use of, of barrier methods such as a condom, but actually mm-hmm. being able to take a prophylactic agent and prevent themselves from getting HIV. Mm-hmm. And what do you make, I guess, of, uh, especially in the South African context, I mean, the incidence of tuberculosis is uh, sort of, uh, uh, I don't know if you would call it a comorbidity or co-indicator with HIV AIDS, uh, uh, which uh, is seen by many people, I guess, also as uh, an illness of um, economic and social consequence as well. Uh, mm. uh, and how we've been able to deal with that. Yeah, so, you know, we have colliding with COVID-19. We have two enormous other epidemics, one being HIV, the other one being TB. And I sometimes worry that TB is a bit of the the sort of orphan, you know, cousin. Mm, we tend to overlook it, yeah. HIV. <laughs> yeah. And yet TB, you know, causes an enormous amount of deaths, many more deaths in this country every year compared to what we've seen with with COVID-19 so far. Mm. So, you know, we, we, we've kind of learned to live with TB, and I find that extraordinary. It's a killer in this country. And, you know, it's also airborne. Um, I agree with you. Unfortunately, we, you know, we see it more in our urban uh, and our sort of socioeconomically deprived parts of, of, um, of South Africa. But it, you know, it's it, it, it's it's a health priority in this country, and and sadly has had even less um, R and D mm. resources put to it than than HIV. Yeah, yeah, and uh, maybe just the last comment on that, and uh, if you can maybe just take that a bit further. I mean, uh, when we allocate R and D resources, uh, what do we prioritize, and uh, ideally, what ought we to be prioritizing? Well, I think we always want to look at, um, you know, morbidity and mortality. I think it's important mm. for any country that, you know, we reduce, uh, obviously, causes of death. But then you also want to be sure you, 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 you have an sort of an investment bang for the buck. So HIV kind of was a no-brainer. The people who were dying were people who were the breadwinners, the, the economically viable part of the population, you know, namely young people having still at a time when they were having sexual relationships. Um, When you think about things like COVID, uh, we know that individuals who are older uh, are more at risk there, and and to a certain extent that also applies to TB. Um, So, you know, I think these illnesses that really rate highly in terms of morbidity and mortality and therefore cost the country a lot in terms of healthcare needs. That those are the places we want to go um with our health dollars. Mm, uh, but mm. also, you know, we're starting to see this next epidemic which is non communicable diseases and you know, and it, it does mean that uh in many ways having an approach that is also preventive and promotive to make sure that we don't see these diseases is is a good way to spend health dollars to save money down the line. So mm. prevention always is better than cure. Uh, and it's yeah. going to apply in COVID, in TB, in HIV, and in the non-communicable diseases such as heart disease, etc. Mm. Okay, Prof. We'll have to leave it there. A uh, real pleasure Thank catching you. up with you and uh, wish you all of the best in uh, the work that you continue to undertake. And thank you very much for speaking to us this evening. Real pleasure. Thank you for having me. Awesome stuff. That there was uh, Professor Linda Gale Becker, Deputy Director at uh, the Desmond uh, Tutu HIV Centre at the Institute for Infectious Diseases and Molecular Medicine.
at the University of Cape Town. And uh, on this day uh, of World AIDS Day, we certainly reflect on many of um, the lives that uh, uh, this uh, uh, virus has uh, taken from us. And uh, we doff our hat uh, to uh, the memory of many of those uh, who were taken very early in their lives uh, by this. And uh, we continue uh, to uh, shoulder their memory and uh, carry a light and a torch uh, on this day uh, to the families of all of those who have lost their loved ones. It's a little after 9pm. We're going to have to leave it here. And also, wow, as always, a pleasure to be with you all. Back with you again, same time, same place. Tomorrow, have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Ukiwa kumbona kutubela na nanguku sasaibanga. Le ekonomi.